Welcome to the Poet and the Reader podcast. If you like all things bookish, then you have come to the right place. Hi, I'm Shanice. And I'm Vina, and welcome to a brand new episode in Pride Month. Hooray. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Happy Pride, Pride Month. This happens. <laughs> uh, it's, Thank you. it's your time to shine. Tell me, tell me about your Pride it Month. <laughs> uh, so, um, we, hopefully we, mm-hmm. yes. Question mark. You and I? Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to Pride Month to book crawl. <laughs> and Vina's fake. I think it uh-huh. Um, she's like, oh, maybe I'll go, maybe. And I'm just like, bitch, just come with me. Like, I need help um, carrying all the books I'm going to buy. <laughs> I think that's and the part that gets me. It's like, she doesn't want my company. She wants my arms. <laughs> I mean, I want your company, too, because I think it would be a cool event that we could do together. True. And I put it on Instagram. So hopefully we could, like, see some listeners out there. Mm-hmm. Or, like, whatever. It'll be a nice thing for us to do. And then Bina's like... Like, oh, if we go, I know this restaurant around there. And I'm like, bitch, just go <laughs> with me. Like, just tell me you coming with me. Sheesh. Yeah, I guess I will. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so how has your month been? We haven't recorded in a long time. As soon as Vina was having her little issues, I started having my issues. And now, you know, we in sync like that, so. It is what it is. <laughs> um... I've been okay. I went to Portland and had a great time. Went to many, many bookstores. And I will talk to you guys about my little book haul. Let's just say I went there with three books and I came back with seven. So we have a problem. I want to know why you <laughs> went there thinking that you was going to read all of these three books. That's my question. Listen, lately I've been reading three books at a time, which we will also talk about. And I like split them up throughout the day so like in the morning i have a book in the afternoon i have a book at nighttime i have a different book <laughs> it's just okay. you know it's crazy it's crazy if i'm walking for a long time i'm listening to an audiobook it's just a lot going on that's nice i mean i i don't i cannot i don't know what it is but audiobooks just don't like keep my attention i don't know what it's maybe it's because i can't see a visual like i can pay attention to a show and and things like that yeah. but if it's anything that like I can't watch a visual too. But what if you read along with the audiobook? It's like, why am I reading along? Because somebody's re- somebody's myself? reading to you. I find it fun. I do it. Yeah, but I could just, <laughs> I'm just, I could read it myself. Okay, but you can also have someone read it to you. We can go in circles. It's just I mean, fun. <laughs> I guess because I cast reads to me. That's the only odd. Like if it's a, I guess like a person. Yeah. There. Okay. She reads to me. I'm just going to say that you need to listen to all of Elizabeth Acevedo's audiobooks because she reads them and she's the best. I think I would listen to like that one and I would listen to How Not to Drown in a Glass of Water because I feel like that is like more of a production than anything. Yes. You can find a lot of audiobooks like that. Right. That they're a production. Right. I love audiobooks, they're the best. (laughs) <laughs> if you can't tell um all right so this episode we were gonna go over our last reads current reads and i'm gonna tell you all of the books that i bought right and we're gonna talk about a buddy read that we did did we buddy yeah. read this i don't know we read it at the same time <laughs> did we finish at the same time absolutely not <laughs> not at all because we know mm-hmm and even though it took me so long to read this book, I was, like, looking at the dates that I started reading this book, and I couldn't, like, believe that I spent so long, like, reading this book. But I It, des- it deserves all the time. It deserves so much, like, space. And, yeah. And anyway, we'll get to that. Yeah. We read it as a family. Okay, you guess which one we read. Anyway. Oh, <laughs> you're funny. How many last books did you have? Um, I have two. What about okay. you? I have five. <laughs> okay. Um, so do you want to do two oh, wait, and I, I do one? I ha- actually, I didn't want to talk about one of them. Oh, okay. So I have three because we're going to talk about the book we read as a buddy read separately. So three books. Oh, okay. All right. Um, do you want to go and then I go or you want to do all of yours and then yeah, I do, do all of mine? Yeah, we could do that because then we could do like, you. I'll go, you go, I'll go, you go, and then I'll go and then okay. we'll go to our current reads. Okay. Okay. So Sounds good. So I read three books. Um, This has been like a slow reading year for me but like I'm still like I'm like five books behind on my reading goal which I'm just not paying attention to at the same time but I also just want to like being mindful that like how I'm spending my time it's not more like I'm not uh, 
like I'm like falling behind on my reading goal it's that I noticed that I'm not reading as much as anymore and that's how I decompress so like I want to make more time for that you know anyway so the first book I read and I'm not sure if I talked about this on on the last episode but I read Wild Seed by Octavia Butler and it's a part of the Pattern Master um series and there's four books in that series I picked this because I love Octavia Butler and I want to read all of her um books so Uh, Doro is an entity who changes bodies like clothing, killing his host by reflex or design. He fears no one until he meets Ananu. Ananu is a shapeshifter who can absorb bullets and heal with a kiss and savage uh, anyone who threatens her. She fears no one until she meets Doro. Together they weave a pattern of destiny from Africa to the New World, unimaginable to to mortals. So, let me tell you. <laughs> There's only one way to like describe this this series and it's that I'm on a wild ride. I don't know what is going to come next and I'm kind of like what? Mm. Um I wish I was paying more attention to the names because now I'm um as a spoiler, I'm reading the second one and I feel like the names are that I'm mentioning like in this part is like important. But I don't realize, like, I should have just kept up with the names. I should have, like, highlighted or and, like, mm-hmm. tagged it, you know, as I was yeah. reading it so that I could see. Because there's, like, trigger warning. There's, like, incest that's going on. Because, like, the whole goal of the first book was to create, a, 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 like, a superior race between these mm-hmm. two seemingly immortal beings, right? And, like, he's, like, immortal to the point where he's, like lost a connection to his humanity where um Ananu like has a connection to her humanity like you know she's only been alive for a couple hundred years so like she has a connection to her humanity and so like that was a big like topic of their thing but um I I don't know if this is a spoiler or if it kind of is but like Doro tries to kill her and like Mm. she she can shapeshift and like become other animals and humans like i'm telling you this but it's still not like it's still like 90 percent of the book is like crazy like you know but yeah octavia butler it's it's octavia butler and you know i'm saying like that's exactly (laughs) what this book is so that's that's the first book that i have read i would suggest um getting one of your notebooks and using it like to write down each character i did that with the one that we buddy read together because there's so many women in this and they were all like mixing up in my mind i'm like okay i gotta sit down but even then even with that buddy read they were highlighted on who was talking and though this is what it is there's like side characters because you you think about it they've been alive for hundreds well daro has been alive for thousands of years she's been alive for hundreds so all of their descendants right and, like, yeah. that's who they are trying to, like, well, Dara really is trying to, like, put together so that they can try to create a superior race. So, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so mm-hmm, some mm-hmm. people are being together and then, like, their ancestors are together and they have, like, the same last name or something like that. And, like, I think, like, that w- one name that popped out to me as I was reading the book today, I was just, like, I, I think I remember this name and I couldn't, I didn't know. But yeah. Right. Okay. Um, so out of the three books that I took to Portland, I finished one of them, and that was The Seven Year Slip by Ashley Poston. So backstory and the reason I would pick this up is that this year <laughs> I thought it would be nice enough, I would be nice enough to give a an author a second chance. I don't give out second chances, you guys. You know this by now. And I read her <laughs> I read her last year and I hated this book that she wrote. It was called The Dead Romantics. It was not my jam. I finished it because I was hate reading it. And anyway, so her next book comes out in, I want to say later on this month. Let me double check here. Yeah, June 27th. So I was like, okay, let me give her a second chance. And I shouldn't be so rough on these people. Um, so let me tell you what it's about. It's about an overworked book publicist with a perfectly planned future, and it hits a snag when she falls in love with her temporary roommate, only to discover that he lives seven years in the past. Dun-dun-dun. So this gave me very similar vibes to One Last Stop, but done properly. Like, I actually enjoyed how this was done. 
And shockingly enough, I like this book more than her previous book, so I'm glad I gave her a second chance. Um, It was my nighttime book in Portland, so I always picked it up, and I couldn't put it down. I was into it. The way it surprised me in so many instances, like with romance, you can kind of tell where the story is going, but she kind of shook me, and I was like, wait, what? Um, So I was very surprised a few times, and Mm -hmm. yeah, I really enjoyed the main character, because in the previous book, I could not stand this lady. Like, it was so hard to like her, Um, but this one was great. I had a good time, and I recommend it. And that's Look it. It was you. just a, a cute little romance. Look at you giving another, a book a, a second chance. Look <laughs> at you. Yo, uh-uh. pigs could fly, you know? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I'm like, damn, this is a cold day in hell today. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's what I've learned. Give them a, another chance, even though you hate the previous one. Mm-hmm. It was good stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, what's your next one? Okay, so my next one was In the Event of Love by Courtney Kay. And I picked this up during uh, a random trip to a bookstore, and I wanted to read something light. Um, with her career as a Los Angeles event planner imploding after a tabloid blow-up, Morgan Ross isn't headed home for the holidays so much as in strategic retreat. Breathtaking mountain vistas, quirky townsfolk, and charming small businesses aside, her hometown of Fern Falls is built of one heartbreak on top of another. Take her one-time best friend turned crush, Rachel Reed. The memory of their perfect doomed first kiss is still fresh as a new fallen snow. Way fresher than the freezing mud, Morgan ends up sprawled in after her first day back, only to be hauled out via Rachel's sexy new lumber Jane muscles acquired from running her family tree farm. When Morgan discovers that the reed struggling tree farm is the only thing standing between Fern Falls and corporate greed destroying the whole town, whole town's livelihood, she decides she can put heartbreak aside to save the farm by planning her best fundraiser yet. She has all the inspiration for a spectacular event, delicious vanilla lattes, acoustic guitars under majestic pines, a cozy barn sounded by brilliant stars, but she and Rachel will absolutely not have a heartwarming holiday happy ending. That would be as unprofessional as it is unlikely, right? Hmm. So I think this was like... You read a holiday book in June? Listen, okay? I like... (laughs) Yeah, okay? Okay. I wanted Christmas in June. Anyway. Um, I... (laughs) My first sentence is, I think this is the the perfect thing to read during Christmas month. (laughs) No kidding. (laughs) And you know Christmas month because it's kind of like Christmas is November 1st, 12 a.m. to like December 29th, but... Yeah, yeah. Um, gay... The last act breakup was good. It wasn't dumb. Like, you know, I wish that <laughs> I wish that I read this in December. It was mm. such a like Hallmark Mark like movie. Like, oh, like it was just such a cute little little book. Yeah. I liked it a yeah. lot. Made me happy. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I'm looking for something that makes me happy. And like the winter makes me happy, guys. Like I <laughs> I do not like this heat. It's fucking hot outside. I'm sweating. Mm. My eczema's mm. acting up. Like, I'm unhappy. So I wanted to read something that would make me happy. <laughs> I read You Don't Have a Shot by Raquel Marie. And if you don't know why I picked this book up, this is your first episode. <laughs> <laughs> right, B? Yeah, you finished it. I'm so happy. Yeah. So, Valentina Valle Castillo Green's life revolves around soccer. Her friends, her future, and her father's intense expectations all wrapped up in the beautiful game. But after she incites a fight during playoffs with her longtime rival, Leticia Ortiz, everything she's been working towards seems to disappear. Embarrassed and desperate to be anywhere but home, Valet escapes to her beloved childhood soccer camp for a summer of relaxation and redemption only to find out that she and the endlessly aggravating Letitia will be co-captaining a team that could play in front of college scouts. But Mm. the competition might be stiffer than expected. So unless they can get their rookie team's act together, this second chance and any hope of playing soccer, of of college soccer will slip through Valet's fingers when the growing pressure, friendship, friction, and her overbearing father push Valet to turn to Letitia for help. 
what starts off as a shaky alliance of necessity begins to blossom into something more through a shared love of soccer and maybe each other. So this was one of my most anticipated reads. Like I have five Mm -hmm. or six of them, but really I have a big four and this was like number two. Um, it was one of those books where I was like, I'm going to read for an hour, but then I read for like three hours plus. I stood up. <laughs> so when Vina and me and Vina was um, I, like, we're, we had a plan to like record this day and like, despite it being like wildly uncomfortable to sleep last night, I only got two or three hours of sleep because I was, I stood up reading this book and that is the reason why I didn't get much sleep. Wow. Um, yeah, and I I still feel like I'm on a book high from reading it, but I will say The Enemy to Lovers was yeah. Um I played it was soccer good? growing up. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah, that was my yeah. Like it Yeah, was good. okay. <laughs> um and I like the I like the the like cuz sometimes rivals are like like uh, like sometimes like when you have enemies to rivals, like it's like a miscommunication thing, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like that's all, or, like, 90% of, like, enemies to lovers is miscommunication, and this one was miscommunication, but I feel like Mm. it was, like, it was so good that it, like, you know how some is, like, a reach? You know what I'm saying? Like, I read one that it was, like, a reach. I'm like, all right, y'all reaching, like, you know? But this one was (laughs) such a good one, you know? And, um... You know, I I played soccer growing up and like I was very I was very much into sports and I enjoy a good sports themed book and I learned that this year. Um mm-hmm. because oh no, last year because I read a lot of sports themes book and I was just, you know, I really liked it. Um there were so many of the aspects of the book that felt well thought out, so real. One of the characters' mothers passed away, like the main character her um of cancer. Mm-hmm. And y'all know it hits home for me and um losing your parent at any age puts you in such a vulnerable position. But losing them young and watching cancer is just it's just different. And the grief, it was really well written. Unfortunately, the author's mother passed away recently and there's no mm-hmm. amount of words that I can say, but I just want to say and like to reiterate that she will always be proud of you she will always see you and I'm so proud that you were able to like create such a beautiful work of art even if you don't listen to this I'm just saying like in all that balancing something so earth shattering there was a line in the book and it was like page 137 I actually have the book because I remembered it and like when I saw this page when I saw this like um this like line it just stuck out to me like I was just like I have to remember this so like I didn't touch this book I didn't like highlight or anything like that in this book I was like I'm gonna remember that so like um she so like the so the one of the main characters asked her like about her um her other parent and um this is the quote that says this awkward awkward this awkward conversation I guess if I didn't know she has two moms there's no way she know I have a dead one still losing my mom was such a monumental shift in my life that it continues to gut me when I talk to someone new about it like they should feel the loss in the world the absence of someone beautiful even if they never met her and like it's stuck yeah, I know it stuck out to me because like when you lose somebody like that, like when I lost my mom, it shifted my world in such a way that like nothing should still be happening. Like the sun still shouldn't shine. Like, you know, everything still exists and move on. And it's like a feeling that is unlike anything I've ever experienced before. But like just the fact that like life exists while you while like you're living in a nightmare, you know, and like mm-hmm, I think that mm-hmm. was such a beautiful way to like like you know how like sometimes authors take the words out of your mouth and I feel like that was like a moment where I try to tell people like how it feels or like when somebody loses their mom and they like ask me questions and stuff like that which I'm always open to um but I always Mm -hmm. say that like it will like it, it feels like that it feels like the world shouldn't still continue but it does you know and um other than that I didn't want to focus too much on that but I just wanted to say like that that really stuck out to me um it was a well-written book I want to read it again I also like the main character was flawed like more things were happening because of her because of her predicament and she wasn't like all the way innocent and I like that about her because it almost seemed like she was like a morally gray character like coming to Mm. the age like having these like like having these like friendships like uh these problems in her friendships like because of her because of her flaws and i don't know it's just i don't know like i i like characters like that like it wasn't like oh all this is happening and i'm such an innocent person in this situation it was just like very much flawed sometimes very much like 
like in your in your moment you're like reading the book and you're like why did you do that like you could just do this you know and so like mm-hmm, I like mm-hmm. I like characters like that I like stories like that so I, I really had a good time reading this book nice I kind of want to read it I'm not gonna lie well why don't you read Ophelia after all before you fucking pick up this one how about that bitch don't ask for no other book because I, I do have you your copy <laughs> No, I'm calling her out because I saw her on my Goodreads talking about, oh, I want to read this book. Like, I'll wipe them to see. And I'm like, girl, read the books I gave you first. All right, all right. You got, like, three um, books to write. This is true. I should return the one that I read out of the four. Um, anyway, moving on. I don't on. mind. I'm just saying, read Ophelia after all because I've been waiting for you to read that shit for mad long. This you is should true. read it because it's Pride Month. Make a gay happy. All right, all right. I do have plans for Pride. <laughs> um, it's like Christmas for Philosophic's wish. <laughs> um, all right, so jumping into current reads, I'm reading three books. Well, Damn officially good. two books. I put one on pause, but I'll explain in a minute. Um, I put one. I put one on pause. <laughs> <laughs> How many are you currently reading? Don't worry about what is my. Nah, all right. No, I'm just asking. <laughs> so if we take turns or not, or I'm gonna be talking forever. <laughs> Um, you know, honestly, I picked up one book before, <laughs> right before you called me, like five minutes oh. ago. I was like, I started reading like the first page, so like technically, I'm reading two books. Oh, okay. Um, so I'll start. Uh, one of the books, spoiler alert, that I bought in Portland was *The Undertaking of Heart and Mercy* by mm-hmm. Megan Bannon. When I tell you I am living my best life with this book. I love it. I love it so much. Um, so first of all, it's heart, H-A-R-T, not H-E-A-R-T. Um, and he's a marshal tasked with patrolling the strange and magical wilds of Tanria. It's an unforgiving job, and Hart's got nothing but time to ponder his loneliness. He is also a demigod. Yo, when I tell you I am dying to know who this man's godfather is, God, I mean, you know, like, like... I'm dying to know, like, you're... Uh, not obsession but you kind uh-huh. of do have a little obsession with um with with um greek with mythology, greek mythology this yeah year yeah and last yeah. year it's it's a little it's a little over the top but i'm having a good uh-huh. time anyway so mercy <laughs> mercy has never had a moment to herself she's been single-handedly keeping birdsall and sun undertakers afloat in defiance of the sullen jerks like heart if you haven't got the hint yet, it's a hate to lovers romance, and I'm having oh. a blast. Okay. I love it. Um. So, uh, after yet another exasperating run-in with Mercy, Hart finds himself penning a letter addressed to a friend. Much to his surprise, an anonymous letter comes back in return, and a tentative friendship is born. If only Hart knew he's been burying his soul to the one person who infuriates him the most mercy as the dangers from tamia grows closer so do the unlikely correspondents uh but can their blossoming romance survive the fated discovery that their pen pals are their worst nightmares each other what i love about this book bro first of all it's freaking long it's almost 400 pages but also their nicknames for each other because they hate each other so much are is so freaking funny. So his uh, nickname for her is Merciless, right? Because of Mercy. And then <laughs> her nickname for him is Heartless, which I think is so freaking cute. And I am in love with these two. The banter is hilarious. It has a very cozy vibe. Um, it reminds me of, even though I didn't like it as much, is the TJ Klune book that I read. Uh-huh. Oh, what's the name? I forgot the name. But it's a very cozy fantasy romance, paranormal. Yes, uh, under the cerulean sea, I think. Um, right. So it's very similar vibes, very cozy, and I'm having the time of my life. I'm doing the the audio and the book at the same time because mm-hmm. I just like doing that. And yeah. I'm into it. I'm into it. I just got to the point where he knows it's her that's writing the letters, and oh my god, I'm living. Mm. <laughs> it's so good. Okay, what's your first current read? So my first current read is uh, "So Seeds to Harvest" by Octavia Butler. So this is the entire mm. Pattern Master series, and it's a damn boy, which is <laughs> over anything over 
I forgot how many pages, but this is 700 pages, which I know is a damn boy. Um, what? So it, but it's technically four books, so is it really a damn boy? But I am reading it as one book, <laughs> not counting it as several books. So technically, it is a damn boy. Yeah. Um. So I'm on the second book called Mind of Mind, and this is the synopsis, which I read the synopsis while writing out this episode. So I didn't know what going into it, and I going into it like what this was mm-hmm. gonna be about yeah um okay. so for four thousand years an immortal has spread the seeds of a master race using the downtrodden as a private breeding stock but now a young ghetto telepath has found a way to awaken and rule her super superhuman kind igniting a psychic battle as she challenges her creator for her right to free her people so yeah i mean this is interesting because like when i was going through the book as in like when i was flipping through i didn't see the main character or not a non in um like and i was just like where the fuck did she go um but Mm -hmm. she is going by a different name in this book so when i realized that I, i started reading it that's confusing yeah she changed her name because like um emma means grandmother in another language so she started going by emma because she has so many damn kids Mm. um but doro the entity immortal his whole plan is to create an entity or subhuman who's immortal or has a long lifespan like a superior race he is trying to create that Mm -hmm. so that like i know that's the overall like goal from the first book to the second book like he's still trying to do that with emma slash okay so. Hmm. All right. Um, okay, so my second read is Trust by Hernan Diaz. Uh, it's the book club book, and it also won the Pulitzer, which um, is well-deserved, I'm going to say. I'm halfway through it, and I should I should have it read by Wednesday, but we'll see what happens. Um, it's a confusing book, so I'm just going to read the description it comes with. Um, so okay. even through the roar and effervescence in the 1920s, everyone in New York has heard of Benjamin and Helen Rask. He is a legendary Wall Street tycoon, and she is the daughter of aristocrats. Together, they have risen to the very top of a world of seemingly endless wealth. All as a decade of excess and speculation draws to an end. But at what cost have they acquired their fortune? This is the mystery at the center of Bonds, a successful 1937 novel that all of New York seems to have read. Yet there are other versions of this tale of privilege and deceit. So basically, it's four books in one, which I think I've said before, maybe. Um, it's four books in one. The first book is a novel within a novel. And then the three books after that are biographies under a novel. Like, all of this is fiction, but the way it's written is, like, you should take into account that the first part is a novel and then the other parts are, like, facts, but they're told from different POVs surrounding these this like very rich couple. Um, so if I in my head, what I'm doing is I'm like rating each book separately, because um, the first book was amazing. Like I tabbed it, and like there's so many quotes that I love. And then when you jump to the second book, the writing style is so drastically different, and it's also a draft of a biography. So there's there's like sentences where he's saying oh expand here or add this detail here like it's still a book in progress which i think is so cool and uh hernandez like took so many liberties with writing this novel which kind of explains why he got the pulitzer i haven't seen something like this done before um it reads like historical fiction but there's also like a mystery in there um yeah i'm having a good time i'm glad we picked this for book club (laughs) Right. It's I'm been glad good. That you did too, because you gave them no choice. And this is true. So this was did this really was it. it. Because you're the one who was like, I don't. <laughs> yeah, this is true. I'm just um, but yeah, today. I'm like, no, did it's you really all right. Pick it? When do you not? For real though. So it's like a it's like a literary puzzle is the way that I would put it, and I'm having a good time. I'm taking a lot of notes because, like I said, each book is told very differently, and I don't. I want to see how they're all gonna connect in the end, which I think they right. will. So, I'm having a blast. What's your next current read? So, um, I'm reading this straight from the book because, like I said, I didn't plan this. I just started reading it before you, mm-hmm. you and I 
got on the record. Um, so the Lewis Ortega Survival Club. And um, this book is by Sonora Reyes. And Ooh. she wrote The Lesbiana's Guide to Catholic School, which I absolutely fucking loved. Nice. Like, and it was a debut novel. And she was a National Book Award finalist. Like, sis. Yes. <laughs> so, um, um, Ariana Ruiz wants to be noticed. But as an autistic girl who never talks, she goes largely ignored by her peers, despite her bold fashion choices. So when cute, popular Lewis starts to pay attention to her, Ari finally feels seen. Lewis's attention soon turns to something more and they have sex at a party. While Ari didn't say no, she definitely didn't say yes. Before she has a chance to process what happened and decide if she even has the right to be mad at Luis... The rumor mill begins churning thanks, churn, begins churning. Thanks, she's sure, to Luis, um, Luis's ex-girlfriend, Shawnee. Boys at school now see Ari as an easy target, someone who won't say no. Then Ari finds a mysterious note in her locker that eventually leads her to, or to a group of students determined to expose Luis or Luis for the predator he is. To her surprise, she finds genuine friendship among the group, including her growing feelings for the very last girl she expects her to fall for. But in order to take Louis, Louis down, she will to, um, have to come to terms with the truth of what he did to her that night and risk everything to see justice done. Wow. So I'm not far in it, but like, I don't know, that synopsis and like the first page kind of got me into like, I need to read more of this book. Um, yeah. I will say anything. Anything that I see Luis or Lewis in, I always think of my cousin because, like, his name is Lewis, right? Mm, and mm-hmm. guess what he named his son? Don't tell me, it Junior. It gotta be the most Dominican thing in my life. <laughs> is it Lewis Junior? No, girl. It is It is Lewis backwards. See you. <laughs> <laughs> You're lying to me. I'm... If I'm lying, I'm dying, bro. Yeah. <laughs> His name yeah, we gotta, is We gotta get backwards. looked at. We, we be doing crazy things with names, man. Yo, for, yo, we really <laughs> do. Like, who thought? Like, yo, I'm telling you. Wait, I have to write it down and look at it up backwards. <laughs> right. I think his name is spelled L O. I well, I don't know. I can't spell, but I think it would be spelled L O U I S. Right. So it's Seul. Wow. So it's Seul. Damn. We are out of our damn minds. For real. <laughs> and let me tell you, like, my cousin, I love him, but... Mm-hmm. He named his son Seul, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think <laughs> I have to say too much about my cousin. Like, y'all can get oh, attention shoot. to what I'm talking about in between the lines. It's too much. But it's too much. I love him, but... That's just different. Um, I never heard no shit like that. I heard of, like, mm. you know, like, all of my cousins <laughs> being named after my uncle, you know, like, the same initial, or, like, everybody got the same initial, you know, like, yeah. put names together, but... It's too much. My my cousin just named her daughter, well, this is Cass's cousin, so she's Puerto Rican, um, yeah. but my cousin named her daughter from the initials of, like, important people in her life, so her name is Jem, but that's a nice name. Yeah, like, no, I yeah. like that. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, anyway. so that's my little <laughs> Um. Okay, so my third kind of current read, I paused it because I want to finish the book club book and then I'll pick it up again. Um. So it's Jade City by Fonda Lee. This I picked this one for like two years. <laughs> I picked this one up because it's one of my chunky books of the year. I forget how long this book is but let's look it up together it's a chunky boy and they got chunkier and chunkier because it's a it's a series so um we are looking at almost 600 pages all right that's chunky okay. Damn, boy. <laughs> and that's just book one the rest are like 800 pages so the only way i can describe this book i am loving it i'm loving it so much so to me it's if you if The Sopranos and Avatar and The Last Airbender had a baby. Now, that is that a fucking good. interesting ass thing that you put together. Like, I want to read that. The Sopranos and, and Avatar, Avatar and The Last, Last Airbender. Airbender. That's what it feels like to me. That's how I... Like, 
the way I compare it to Avatar The Last Airbender is like the characters. I am hooked on every single one of them. Um, it jumps from POV to POV. It feels like if... Um, oh my god, what is this hottie's name? The guy with the scar. Oh my god. Zuko. Zuko, my baby. What if Zuko uh, had... You a baby if you can't remember his name. <laughs> Listen, I have amnesia. Um, what if Zuko... <laughs> what if Zuko, instead of, like, being sent on this mission, actually took the throne after his father and, like, how that would have turned out? Um, that's how this feels like to me. And I, I, the reason I stopped is because one of my... Well, this is kind of a spoiler. No, you don't know who the character is. It's not the Zuko guy. Um, what if... Um, well, damn, is that a spoiler? Maybe. One of my favorite characters is in danger. And I know that this is like a mafia, Sopranos, killing every other vibe. Like, it's a gangster Hong Kong story. Um, and uh, yes, one of my characters is in peril and I'm very stressed. So I was like, if I put the book down, he's still alive. So this that is bitch. why. <laughs> That's his Viva thinking. If I put the book down, then. Then he's alive and no breathing. Um, but yeah, I'm loving it. I haven't told you what it's about. It's hard to describe. Uh, I think my comparison to The Sopranos and Avatar is enough. But uh, Jade is the lifeblood of the island of Kikon. It has been minded traded stolen and killed for and for centuries honorable green bone warriors like the call family have used it to enhance their magical abilities and defend the island from invasion so basically they take jade stones and like put it on their bodies and it gives them like super strength and super fast and they can fight like more than others um but there's another gangster family trying to take over for them and it's just great. I'm having a great time. I already started doing a family tree because there's so many characters. And yeah, I will pick it up probably later on this week. I'm very excited. But so far, there's three books and they're chunky as hell. <laughs> nice. I will get through them. Before we move on to the next segment, I forgot to say something about the, um, the Louise Ortega Survival Guide Club. Yeah. I think that... Sonora Reyes, right, is mm -hmm. such... I have not... I've never met her, right? I've never, like, really watched interviews. I watched the National Book um, Finalist um, like, yeah. uh, um, reading, but the notes from uh, the author, like, she has one in the beginning of the Lesbiana's Guide, and then she has one here. Mm. And, like, she's just so mindful of the impact that, like, her books can make onto people. And I think, like just her notes from the author like they seem like they like many people might overlook it or anything like that but like they're just so beautiful because i just feel like the level of genuine care you have to have to like make that a thing before you go into the book like they're just so beautiful i, I don't know i just think that's such a beautiful thing to do you know what i'm saying like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i don't know what it is but like i, I don't know just like it, it just speaks volumes to her like to her as a person you know Okay. I'll read it to you. Another after. author that I need to read. <laughs> yeah, for real. Lesbiana's Guide was really good. Yeah? Yeah, it was really good. I, I don't know how nice. this one's going to be, but I think it's going to be really good. Like, Sonora Reyes is a... That was her first book. Her first... Uh, I, I believe that was her her debut novel. It was really good. Yeah, I'll yeah, I'll read you the author's note after, um, like, off off um, podcast, but okay. it's such a beautiful, like, sentiment. Hmm. Yeah. Alrighty. Are we ready for our buddy read? <laughs> Yes. Okay, so did you guess what we read? I'll give you a minute to, like, put in your final answers. Okay. Go okay, for it. Okay, reveal it. Oh, me? Oh, okay. Um, it's Family Lore by Elizabeth Acevedo, our baby girl. Yes. I'm so excited for her. We read it as a family, and it's... <laughs> All right, so... Um, go for it. We read this book. It was me, Vina, and Julissa that read this book together. Mm -hmm. And Julissa, I think, finished first. I came at surprise, second. Surprise, surprise. And who came on at third? We already know who did who did that. Dude, I came I came fifth. Like I took my time. <laughs> I stopped it and restarted it and like I just yeah. Okay. 
Uh, so from the best-selling National Book Awarding author, Elizabeth Acevedo, comes her first novel for adults. Uh, the story of one Dominican-American family told through the voices of its women as they await a gathering that will forever change their lives. I don't know if I should read the whole thing, but here we go. Flora has a gift. She can predict the day when someone will die. So when she decides she wants a living wake, a party to bring her family and community together to celebrate the long life she has led. Her sisters are surprised. Has Flor uh, foreseen her own death or someone else's? Does she have other motives? She refuses to tell her sisters Matilde, Pastora, and Camila. But Flor isn't the only person with secrets. Matilde has tried for decades to cover the extent of her husband's infidelity, but she must now confront the true state of her marriage. Pastora is typically the most reserved sister, also my favorite sister, by the way. <laughs> but Flor's wake motivates his driven woman to solve her siblings' problem problems. Uh, Camila is the youngest sibling and often the forgotten one, but she's decided she no longer wants to be taken for granted. And the next generation, cousins Ona and Yadi. Dude, when they when they explain Ona's like full name, I lost it. It's such a Dominican anyway. <laughs> Speaking of names in Dominicans, uh, faced... Right, for real. <laughs> so Yadi is reuniting with her first love, who was imprisoned when they were both still kids. Ona is married for years and attempting to conceive. Ona must decide whether it's worth it to keep trying to have a child and the anthropology research that's begun to feel lackluster. Spanning the three days prior to the wake, Family lore traces the lives of each of the Marte women, weaving together past and present. Santo Domingo and New York City. Yeah, man. This book. I'm still thinking about it. I think it's been over a week. I don't know if I have all my thoughts together. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's definitely, so far, my favorite book of the year. I think, um, as I was reading it, I, this is this was the third book that I brought to Portland. I kept hoping and hoping for the audiobook because I knew that if I listen to Elizabeth read this, it's going to elevate the experience for me. And thankfully, like, I got an advanced copy of the audio and I was like, is God listening to me? Um, but yeah, I got really lucky. And she read it so well. This woman is so talented. I really hope that it's received well because I think it deserves so much hype. Maybe another National Book Award. Who knows? Um yeah. But yeah, what were your thoughts? So, she is such a powerful force of nature, I will say. Mm -hmm. um, even through words, like, I didn't hear her before. I've heard her perform before, but I've, I have never heard her, like, read an audiobook. Like, I can only imagine, like, the 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 essence that's in it. Because mm -hmm. it's in her book, you know? Um, I will be honest, when I first started reading it, I don't think that I was in the place to accept this book at like with wide open arms but then I took a, a step back and then like it became something that was like helping me go through whatever what I was going through and um I this book was absolutely beautiful every line mm. felt like it just had so much purpose so much weight every every line just felt like it was just thought out so well mm -hmm. the characters are, were so developed in their own right, you know, and like sometimes with um I feel like vignettes, that's what they're sectioned into, right? Vignettes. Mm hmm Um, like sometimes you get the loss of like the whole person. Yeah. It feels like because they're so like it, it feels like it's so focused on like the pros and like you don't get a sense of that person. Maybe that's just me because I've read some vignettes before, but like I just felt like you were you looked at like the whole person each time you were in the vignette, and I, I thought it was just, like, absolutely stunning. It was a stunning piece of work. I cannot wait for other people to read it and um, their feelings about it because it was it was beautiful. I can't wait for um, everyone to read this book. I'm actually giving this book to Cass. Um, when I see her next, um, she wants to read it. Um, yeah. Um... No, I'm glad that uh, Angie Cruz blurbed this book because I wouldn't say they're similar, but they're like in the same wheelhouse as far as like Dominicana 100%. in this book. 100%. Um, and like telling and the I, same story, like not the same story, but like the the homeland, you know what I'm saying? Like they, yeah. they embody the homeland, like homeland stories so, so well. well, both of them. 
Right. Um, and I think that since I I believe that um, cast like Dominicana, right? Or was it you that liked Dominicana? Are you both no, read it together? Both, we both liked it. We both liked it. Oh, okay. Okay. So, yeah, I think she's going to enjoy this one a lot. I think so, um, too, because she also read both of um, Elizabeth Azevedo's um, other books as well. Mm, and she loved both sweet. of them. That. And, oh, like, good. She didn't read um, With the Fire and High. I think that one was just like, um, you know, yeah, I have my feelings yeah. about it, but like, yeah. Um, the other two works, I, and I was kind of afraid a little bit because I had read with Fire on High and just being completely transparent. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I didn't enjoy it as much as I enjoyed her, like, books in verse. So I was just like, mm-hmm. how is mm-hmm. she going to, like, it, it, did she get, did she, like, it take time to hone in the craft and, like, try to tell, like, that story without, have, without like, and I don't want to say this as a way that's, like, um... Like, because I think there's many ways to tell a novel. You can tell a novel mm-hmm. in verse. You can tell a novel. There's, no, like, there's no real, like, uh like regimen that you have to find, the, the, like, to follow, to, like, mm-hmm. to go by to write a novel, right? So, like, right. I was wondering if, like, there was going to be a lot of prose in, like, this story mm-hmm. because I felt like th- there's a little bit of something that was lost with the fire on high right 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 and yeah like, that's the only book by her that I haven't read and I was yeah. also very nervous about this one because I feel like right. her novels in verse are like out of this world they're so great right. and I'm glad that she wrote this one in all in a very poetic way I will say like right. compared to again what based on what you've told me of uh with fire on high it right. it's not that way um right. But yeah, um, no, I was going to say that two things I realized with this book, personally, is that um, if she ever writes the story between Yadi and Ant broke me like it was the saddest thing. And I feel like if she ever wrote a romance, dude, it would be the most devastating story. <laughs> yeah, and I want her to do it because it would be so heartfelt. Uh, but the also the the second thing was that I regret because I went to City College and one of the characters I think it's Ona is a teacher there a professor, and they keep mentioning this like Dominican department or Dominican studies department, and right. I never knew that while I was there for four freaking years and I feel terrible and I wish I had known so I could have been like in that program. Right. Um, but dude, yeah, was there was so much. Was it something that existed like recently, or was it something that was I don't there? know? Like, did you Google it? Cause I should. Cause another book that I read also mentioned it. It was um, an Adriana Herrera book, and I okay. even emailed her, and I was like, I went to City College, and I had no idea this was available. And she's like, Yeah, I went there to do like a lot of my background research for my books, and I was like, Holy crap, that's so cool. That's um, so I know. I kind of want to look into it and see if I can... Do I go back to school? <laughs> Am I that crazy? Um, yes. Yeah, basically. Um, another thing I did with the book is... Dude, I don't write on my books, and you know this. The world knows this. But I felt a need, unlike any other, because there were so many Dominican words that I just haven't seen in a book. Mm-hmm. Ever. And I felt like that was so important to me and like so impactful, and I'm like... I'm just gonna like in my head I was envisioning a reel of like how do you feel seen in a book and like showing all the words that come up that are Dominican words um because again like Elizabeth is talking for us and like putting us out there and I appreciate her so much so much and like it's just also just the the cultures too is just so different like you Mm -hmm. know like I don't know, it just felt so Dominican. Like, I was reading it, and I was like, this <laughs> shit is so Dominican, bro. Like, yeah. you know, and I, I I don't know, I just loved it so much because, like, um, you know, like, growing up, like, I never, you know, it's so funny because we were talking about this yesterday, me and Cass were talking about this a few days ago, and I was like, I don't ever feel, like, half and half. Like, I never feel, like, 50%, like, Puerto Rican mm. and 50% Dominican. I always feel, like, 100% Dominican, 100% Puerto Rican. And, yeah, like, yeah. you know, growing up in those, both both of those environments, like, I was able to, like, you know, feel both of that. And, like, I don't know, right. like, reading this, I was just like, damn, that's mad Dominican, bro. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that was so Dominican. Um... um. But, but yeah. I feel like I was nervous about this book as well because, like, um, when sometimes poets go into, like, like writing, like, novels or stuff mm. like that, there's, like, something that's missing, like, kind of A disconnect. Huh? A disconnect? Maybe, like, a disconnect, um, trying mm-hmm. to, to, like, sound 
Because, like, in poetry, like, I feel like a lot of, uh, there's an emphasis on, like, how does this sound? You know, like, how does this sound? Mm -hmm. How does this work? Um, but with poetry, and not, not not a real definition, because there is longer poetry, but, like, most, most poetry is, like, a very smaller, a small, um, a small, like, story that you're telling, and sometimes when, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, poets tell or like try to tell longer stories sometimes they get like trapped in these like loops you know um yeah, yeah, yeah. like sentence loops a little bit and I can only like describe it as like when Ocean Bong um like wrote that novel like it was harder to translate and like his longer prose is harder to like get into because you know it his work is just like more like uh not not consistent but like straightforward like easier mm-hmm. to digest understandably better like understand like more digestible when it's smaller verses right? right um so i was afraid that like if she had this longer piece of work will we get lost in those like mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. and we didn't it was like her longer sentences sometimes were a little trippy in the beginning but yeah we were yeah. also reading an arc so who knows True. what's going to be changed True. from this to the to the um to the print book right um no it's definitely like a flow that i had to get into i had to reread the first chapters a couple times just to be like oh okay this is the flow that we're setting the story in um and i've never read a book that had you know those indentations to the right where she's going back in time and that's how she was yeah i was just like i've never seen this before i really like it yeah I loved it. It was so cool. Um, but yeah, in a nutshell, we love the book. <laughs> you yeah. should pre-order it. It comes out August yeah. 1st, and she is amazing. I'm going to try my bestest to go to D.C. to see her and the beautiful man that is Jason Reynolds. Oh, he's so hot. Anyway, <laughs> and I'm trying to convince this other lady who to go with me, but well, she's I got Beyonce are... plans. Okay, so yeah. <laughs> So the thing is, right, um, Elizabeth Acevedo is going to be in Manhattan at the date that I'm leaving that Friday because I'm going to Oh, you're going to, oh, okay. Yeah, and I'm trying to, um, yeah, so like that was my whole thing. I'm like, you know, Beyonce, you know, and then like, so I'm going to DC that weekend, like that weekend that she's going to be in in, um, New York City and then um, the weekend that she's going to be in DC, I think I have a, uh, I can't take vacation. So you're going to try your best to go to DC. Yeah, because it's also the um, Library of Congress Book Festival, which I've heard a lot about, but I've never been. So it might be cool to do that. Um, But yeah, first I have to see if I can get tickets because they're not on sale yet. Fingers crossed, people. I need to see my girl and my boy because I love Jason Reynolds. He is as beautiful as he is talented. (laughs) Anyway, are we ready for my book call from Portland? Yeah, I am ready for that. Do you even know what I got? I don't think you know. No, I don't know. Um, okay, so I went. To... Oh wow! No, you guys heard it. You guys heard it. This is proof. She ain't my friend. Anyway, she didn't want to so... tell me. She was like, "You'll find out. You'll, You'll find, find out. out eventually." I know that one. I know one book that you got from Portland. I think we spoke about it in um when I went to visit you the other day. True. True. Okay, so I went to Portland, Maine disclaimer it's not portland oregon um and i went to eight bookstores my dude they have so many bookstores it was amazing uh four of them were new and four of them were used books and i bought let's see four books so i'll tell you the bookstores that i got them from if you want to know about the other four bookstores go to our tiktok and watch the videos that i made which are pretty cute um, so the first book that I got was from Longfellow Books, and it was only $4, so I was in it to win it. It's a book that I should have read by now, but have not, and will try to read this year. Um, so it's Love in the Time of Cholera by Gabriel Garcia Marquez, and we are going to find out together what this book is about, because I have no idea. <laughs> I, p- I pick it up and I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll buy this. Um, okay, so basically in their youth, Florentino Ariza and Fermina Daza fall passionately in love. When Fermina eventually chooses to marry a wealthy, well-born doctor, Florentino is heartbroken, but he is a romantic. As he rises in his business center, he wiles away the years in 622 affairs. I'm sorry, what? What? <laughs> 
Yet, he reserves his heart for Fermina. No, honey. You can't reserve your heart and have 600 affairs. I'm sorry. Right. Um, so her husband dies. Wow, I'm finding out so many things. I never knew what this book was about. You want, you um, want a roller coaster right now. Truly, and it's a classic, and I should know, but I don't. Um, so her husband dies at last, and Florentino purposely attends the funeral. Ooh, I like this drama. Okay. Fifty years, nine months, and four days after he first declared his love for Fermina, he will do so again. I'm sorry, 600 affairs, 50 years, and you're still in love with this woman? <laughs> Gabriel Garcia Marquez is on one. Okay, that was what I got from that bookstore. Uh, the next one is Sherman's Main Coast Bookshop. It's the oldest bookstore in uh, Portland. And I think it opened in the 1800s, which is insane to me. Okay. Uh, okay, so that's where I got The Undertaking of Heart and Mercy by Megan Bannon. I already told you guys you guys what it's about. But as I was going into these bookstores, I had like a mental list of books that I wanted. And it was so hard to find the two books that I wanted. I only got the one that I, I wanted to buy. Um, and this was one of them. So at least I found it. And then the third bookstore I went to was Print Bookstore. They have a hilarious TikTok. Please follow them. So funny. Um, but there, they <laughs> I kept asking like after my list and they're like, no, we don't have that. No, we don't have that. And I got so frustrated. So I was like, can you recommend books to me? So she did, which I, I don't usually take recommendations at bookstores. I'm such a hypocrite. Anyway, so... For real, um, 100%. <laughs> Girl. The reason is, the reason is, I want to come into a book on my own. Like, I want it to be, you know, a choice made no, by I me. Anyway, so, <laughs> so I was like, can you recommend me, like, some of your favorite books? And she told me a few of them. And I was like, oh, that's nice. And then I did not take any of them. <laughs> and then I said, okay, what am I obsessed with? And what were we talking about earlier? Greek mythology. And I really enjoyed Stoneblind, which I read earlier this year by Natalie Haynes. So I'm going backwards and reading her backlist. And they had A Thousand Ships, which is another Greek retelling. So A Thousand Ships by Natalie Haynes. It's following the Trojan woman during the Trojan War. And we have Penelope, who's awaiting the return of Odysseus, to the three goddesses whose feud started at all. These are the stories of the women whose lives, loves, and rivalries are indelibly imprinted on history's most infamous war. A woman's epic, powerfully imbued with new life. A Thousand Ships puts the women, girls, and goddesses at the center of the story, and I am so happy. I did not know what it was about, but now I know, and now I want to read it. <laughs> and the last book that I got was from the cutest store. So cute. Uh, it's called None Such Books. And they had this book for $6, and I was like, why not? So I got Hamnet by Maggie O'Farrell. Um, it's set in England in 1580. The Black Death creeps across the land, an ever-present threat infecting the wealthy, the sick, the old, and the young. The end of days is near. A young Latin tutor, penniless and bullied by a violent father, falls in love with an extraordinary eccentric woman. This is Agnes, a wild creature who walks her family's land with a falcon on her glove and is known throughout the countryside for her unusual gifts as a healer, understanding plants and potions better than she does people. And what's interesting about the story is that it's Shakespeare's story, but he's never mentioned as Shakespeare. So it's just the man, but it's him. And Agnes is his wife. And we also get the POV of his son, who's Hamnet. And he's the reason that they wrote um, Hamlet. (laughs) It's very confusing, but it's a novel about Shakespeare, but he's never mentioned by name. And I was sold. I was like, sure, I'll read it. Um, but yeah, that's my book haul. When will I read these books? Who knows? Who knows? But they sound fantastic. Mm-hmm. Wait, I'm already reading one of them. What am I talking about? The Undertaking of Heart and Mercy. I oh, love yeah. it. When are you going to finish it? Who knows? <laughs> I don't know, dude. I'm really into it. So I'm going to delay it by a month. <laughs> of course. It's good stuff. Um, but yeah, that's all I've got. If you guys want to ever whip, I don't know why you would, but if you want to visit Portland, I have a list of bookstores for you. 
They're the good stuff. I have a list of bookstores for you. Uh, but yeah it was a good time so that's it uh hopefully next episode we will have some pride stories for you yes (laughs) and your book haul is gonna be huge i don't know about mine well i don't know i put i put some money away because i budgeted for this so i have money Mm. um away this week and next week for the uh, um for book haul so i don't know hopefully i can monitor myself and stay on budget but we already know how i am so do you have a list of books you're gonna look out for or are you just going no, by i'm just going okay. in blind Ooh, i like that much like my prescription um, I can't see. <laughs> <laughs> um so stay tuned for that episode should be yeah. fun who It'll knows if i'll go i guess you'll find out i'll have to tell you how many books I'm <laughs> <laughs> one of us one of us will be broke who knows right. um all right so until next time i guess All right. Bye. Bye, guys.